Sun Bonani, and welcome to our very first inserts of our podcast, Moments in Time. I'm your host, Bianca Tele, Flatella, Hennessy. Yes, say the whole thing. Like a tribe called Quest, you say the whole thing. Uh, better known as Bitter B, and I'll be profiling very interesting individuals with even more interesting and inspiring stories. And our first guest today reigns from Bizana, born in Bizana, raised in KwaZulu-Natal, South Coast. Um, he's a rapper, he's a writer, songwriter, performer, a marketer, and he's just going to go in and tell us a whole lot more about himself. And his name is Kosa Sa. Letu, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Better known as Kus Diverse. Mm -hmm. Welcome uh, to our show and thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having You're me. You're welcome. Yeah. So, Kusasa. Um, apparently you started singing at the age of seven. So I'm very interested in understanding where your love for music really started at that age. Um, what made you tick? What genre did you fall in love with? Just take us through that journey. Well, I might have started earlier than that, but I can recall like around the age of seven because um, I come from a home where everybody was with was within the arts involved at mm -hmm. some at some level. Yeah. My mom being the curator of everything, she used to sing, dance, can't put uh, dancing, okay, okay. so versatility is a family thing, okay. Yeah. So she would gather like all the kids in uh, Lalini and put them all in one place mm. where they'd be like, and we come from a very huge family, so she would, our family members alone, have enough uh, people to put together the play at church, to put together like choral music singing about all that drama, and yeah. So I grew up like within that household. Where, the artistic. Yeah. So the the I, I I don't know about genre. It was just merely all those type of things that were like where it's just like a different type of vibe you know all that like mm. uh, where they would go to competitions partaking mm. and mm. yeah so from that age uh, I knew I loved this thing I didn't really think I'd be doing it um, yeah that makes sense, um, especially if you're growing up in an environment where arts is something that's just secondhand nature. It's mm. like breathing. Mm. Uh, I can imagine that it's a lot easier for you to then venture into it for your own personal passions and, and whatever you're working towards. Mm. I, I would say maybe not really, but I grew up in a very supportive environment when it comes to, oh, what you want to do? Okay, today you want to do this? That is very okay, important. Then, like, yeah. yeah. So I say that because I've got uncles um, who who are who was very amazing at singing. Mm -hmm. And at one, I think it was around 2010, 2009, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he came to my house here in Margate, and he was just uh, so amazed at how far I had gotten with the music thing. And yeah. I don't even think I've I've, I've I've broke the ceiling or 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 even left the ground as yet you know? but he was so amazed at the fact that we were able to record this we travel around performing wherever and he's like yo if i could have done this when i was younger so just stay on it yeah. so that's why i say like it, it was great to be in that environment but reality sometimes hits that there are bills to pay there's this that's how true. are you gonna earn yeah uh, all that that's very true 
I find it interesting that you feel that your your career isn't really you haven't reached the pinnacle of your career. I feel that you're slowly rising towards that, um, and I I think that what I'd like to know like from where we are right now is with the change from moving between Eastern Cape to KZN, um, how did that affect your craft? How did it affect your circles? What doors did it open, et cetera? Like, take me through that a bit. Uh, sure. Maybe I didn't really notice the back and forth when I was younger mm. uh, because I grew up, um, I grew up in Zimkulu for the most part, like a place called Ric Flair, living with my grand for like a mm -hmm. year or two. I don't remember how many years. Yeah. Then I left and went back to, his, um, went to Island around 99. Mm. Um, at, at that time, I, I haven't created, I haven't started recording music. Mm -hmm. So when I came back to KZN, like, uh, I was around 2002, 2003, when mm -hmm. I began, like, messing around with creating music. I mm -hmm. used to take out parts, put them around the house, and just bash them like a drum set. Yeah. Um, I used <laughs> Have to... Have a mini concert going on. And yeah, everything. yeah. Take my grand's, like, gospel cassettes and record my voice over yeah. uh, that, wherever. I used to do that. Yeah, like when, uh, when listen to East Coast Radio when the song is about to end, they write to that. Yep. So all that. <laughs> so by the time I left again for for East London, it was two thousand and five, and at that time I had met like a couple of friends who made music this end, mm. and they were like ahead of me because they were already recorded, they were performing, yeah, and all that. It started on something. Yeah. So when I got to East London is when I actually got to find my own, like and just be recording it was sometimes I couldn't really take out the idea as I, I saw it in my head like you find that I'm listening to us so I'd write and there's character within the bar but I do not know how to project it yeah and and like so all that I had to learn as time uh, as time went by like it was good that I was in KZN to find the passion mm. uh, to to actually create because that's where they would play like Abozo, Labo Eminem, Abo, all these uh, artists in the bus and I was just amazed that yo they listening to songs with cuss words mm. and were like I, I wouldn't <laughs> listen to this at home yeah, well, that's what fascinated me at first I'm like yo what type of thing is this yeah well then when I got to East London and I found my sound, I'm like, oh, cool. People like it when I make songs about my girlfriend, you know, mm, type of mm. thing. I'm like, oh. It then, works. Yeah, that became, like, far easier. Then when I came back and tapped this side, um, tapped into the, the, the scene this side, it worked just way better because I had, like, I knew how to... Uh, juggle the two yeah you know, like found I found, mm. yeah yeah so it really did help in in crafting who i am because like now i don't really think there's anyone who has the type of sound that i do or style or approach to the music yeah so, yeah i think you'll always have your own bit of authenticity mm. regardless of how similar the genre may be or, mm. or the instrumental or the lyricism mm. you always have something that just makes you curse so sets you apart yeah yeah it's, it's nice to know where exactly you started gaining that type of growth mm. um when i was looking up your profile i found that you recorded for the first time in 2006 mm. so you went from recording in your bedroom studio to like doing a whole lot of other amazing mm. like amazing things and a lot of amazing stuff and mm. The best part for me was when you started opening companies mm. so that different artistic ventures now had a platform, you know. Mm. And I just, I'd like you to get into maybe how 
that thought process was, you know, the first company to the second to the third, mm. um, new, uh, new diverse, and then you diverse, and, mm. you know, like you mm. diverse, then you diverse, and mm. all of that. Just take mm. me through that process and some of the things that you found as challenges. Uh, okay, let's start with the recording. Like, uh, it was crazy because at that time there was, uh, there was like a, my father's phone, like a flip phone, uh, Nokia, whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I used to record uh, voice notes because it had the best quality on there. Mm-hmm. Then use a project called Tractor mm-hmm. uh, to align the the voice to to the whatnot to to the beat on that. Like it was virtual Tractor's like virtual DJ. Okay. So um, you yeah, do that digitally, then bounce the sounds out just to test out whatnot. As time went, we got like a bit of of, of equipment that. Bouncing between KZN and Eastern Cape thing helped because I'd get this side and talk to my friends, talent in them, and they had like uh, PC mics that they would use. And we're like, okay, cool, let's try this. Then we'd use like dynamic mics mm. that had low quality. We didn't really care about the quality, it was about the creative. What you're putting out. Then, yeah. yeah, then after a while, you're like, no, man, this needs to improve. Like, and you keep like buying equipment. And mm. so after a while, um, I went to battle some guys, like some rap battle thing. Mm-hmm. Then when I got there, uh, it just the the guy I was there to battle didn't want to battle no more. But he had his crewmate, and I was there like uh, with a friend of mine who wasn't a rapper. Mm-hmm. So I was there alone. So they were like, "Nah, we're not gonna do a two on one type of thing." We just ended up like freestyling, listening to songs together, mm-hmm. and I ended up joining that crew. Uh, so they had like Sam Productions who was the guy who produced for the crew obviously mm-hmm. then they had LPA was the crew lyrically possessed assassins oh lord that sounds was, sick though like Heike uh, <laughs> were uh, they sick? yeah they were it was like some dungeon rap type of weird type of thing and I was like the commercial cat they used to be like because I had a flow. And I'm like, I thought everybody's supposed what to have a flow. What do you mean? Isn't that the whole point, though? Like, yeah, but you you were whack if you had a flow. They There was a weird structure of writing that they had. The bars were dope. I don't get what they were talking about because yeah. I'm like, I know nothing about all these torturing people <laughs> and whatever. I'm like, I'm just that guy. Who, battle rap language. Yeah, it wasn't even battle rap language. It was some deep, underground, dark thingy. I remember at one point, a friend of mine had a song called, oh, because when I got there, the project they were working on was called Unveiling the First Chapter of Demons. I don't know why. (laughs) Where are we? (laughs) What is going on? And the craziest thing was, these are the nicest people that you could ever meet, but you put on the mic, they become like someone else, and you're like, yo, what is going on here? Like demonic flow and the demonic lyricism. Yeah. (laughs) Then like uh, like a friend of mine, Raph, he would hear... Uh, like all these light songs that I had and it's like whenever he would play his music for his cousins everyone would be like yeah when he played <laughs> my songs he'd be like whoa who's this like then he would he started messing around with the sound that I was yeah. um, uh, messing with mm. and yeah after a while I joined Sam Productions they had the name U-Diverse Entertainment but they couldn't explain what it was they were mm. like Raph had given the name so after a while we split as a crew I left because uh, they weren't showing up when we had gigs. Mm-hmm. They weren't, um, there was a, le- a lack of seriousness where we'd record, yeah. make t-shirts, try to sell stuff, and somebody would spend the money or eat it up, whatever. Yeah. And 
after a while, I was like, nah, I'll do better as a solo act. And at that time, I had a good relationship with Sam, the producer. And Sam is like, all right, cool. We're going to focus on you. I was working on a project called Rhymenology 101. Oh, my word. Why do you seem embarrassed by that? <laughs> it wa- it's embarrassing, bro. I don't know what Rhymenology is. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded it's cool, cool back then. I was like a kid, like 16, 17. So I'm like, all right, cool. We do that. Uh, I work on a couple of songs. We, we never drop the project. LPA is split. It's just me and Sam. Yeah. Uh, Sam and I start uh, like ABC, uh, all about money type of what? What? All about cash. All about. Uh, all, all about, about yeah, whatever. All the about C whatever the, so C the C can is be. for something. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we we started that, which was basically like a collective of all our friends coming in, mm-hmm. like where we'd freestyle a song release it same day. Sam would produce and we'd mess around like. And we put out. We ended up putting out like a project where it was based on. Um, we just got to studio, brainstormed. Um, not even brainstormed. Brainstormed on the mic, freestyled the song, and took it out the next day. Mm-hmm. And some we kept uh, and released as a project, which was called Easy as ABC. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, the following year, Raf saw the growth in in quality because we started upgrading. Got our first condenser mic. Got our first proper mixer. Quality was like improving, mm-hmm. and some of the boys that left wanted to come back on, like uh, especially Raf. Raf is like, I curse, let's like, yo, I see what you're doing, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it's like, let's start a company and have some of our other friends on here, like, because uh, I was about to start a company, it's like, yo, let's partner up and mm-hmm. bring back like other uh, a friend who can. Uh, so me and Raf ended up officially registering the company U Diverse Entertainment. We used that name because it was Raf's idea, which never worked uh, as far as LPA goes. Mm-hmm. So as U Diverse, we did like a lot, uh, festivals, uh, touring around coast to coast. Then it, it did not work out. Like after some time, you know, got a little bit of success and yeah. caused a fallout cause of, of miscommunications or whatever. It's trial and error. It's yeah. So the following year, I think it was 2011 was when we had the whole thing and diminished. So uh, then my other friends, Unati and Talent, were talking about forming a company, which was for the record. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like a director on it, but uh, I was involved like as far as the executive decisions and whatnot. Uh, so we went from there for the record, existed, uh, still exists, up until like 2014 where I needed a, a company again and I did new diverse. Yeah. Uh, so what was supposed to happen, Raf and I were cool again. We had like a little fallout. We were cool again and we were supposed to bring back you diverse. And I needed new diverse so I can make like certain decisions because there were disagreements and the way that we move sometimes would clash because I'm the sort of person who would, who, who thinks out a move and Raf gets swayed a bit easier. Yeah. Um, uh, that's where most of our, not in a bad way, he can just get swayed. Yeah, just different processing. Yeah. yeah. So I did you diverse, it didn't work out up until, and within there we had the in time concept from like 2011, but at that time it was called great time. Mm-hmm. We just wanted the TYM yeah. to, to, to be a part of it. So we tried. Talented we tried, young minds. Yeah. That's the TYM. Yeah. So at that time it was talented minds. young men. But men for mankind, <laughs> and, and a lot of women would have that same Yeah, I mean, exact. my face yeah. is... So they would be like, nah. So we changed it to uh, In Time, uh, Innovative Talent at Young Minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not, 
It's in.tym. If you're not on it, we're in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. hours. No, I, got I don't you. second guess it. I mean it. <laughs> yeah, so that type of thing. Like, yeah. So um, it ended up being that we did like a bunch of events where it would be you uh, diverse for the record presenting like in time t- uh, type of things because it was a concept within a company mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. So uh, from 2018 was when it, it stood on its own. But it kept the same principle, which was uh, as the original U-Diverse, uh, it might have just lost a lot of uh, uh, focus, which was mainly on the music. Uh, we just uh, were more wider spread as in time because we're looking at Initially, in time, was supposed to be freshmen. Mm-hmm. And freshman idea was, if you are going to college or you going, uh, you have experience, you have love or passion for whatever uh, within the creative space, mm-hmm. we give you a platform where you can create. Uh, and uh, we, we, we actually do projects. That were like, um, and we find um, work, jobs, funding, and push that project. So by the time you leave here, you at least have some experience within that field. Uh, or, and A type of mentorship. Yeah, top, yeah mm. that's basically it. So with all of those things that you were juggling, um, with the companies and the, what should I call it, the chaos that mm. came with the trial mm. and error time, mm. Mm. Um, how did you fit in rap battling? I know that with rap battling, you have to travel to Cape Town, to wherever it's happening. Mm. How did you fit juggling the company and rap battling and also trying to pursue your music? And I know it's all the same, mm. but I know that it's also different commands in the music industry, mm. and it, it demands its own time and uh, attention. That's actually a good question because... Thanks. Part, <laughs> part <laughs> of the reason I started battling was I used to battle when we were younger, uh, like teenagers, mm. but there was no footage to prove it. And at that time, we had gotten stagnant with releasing music, like 2014. I think I was back in campus, so I, I didn't have the time. I was always busy, always tired, yeah. uh, traveling. Because there was a point I used to travel from here to Durban every day and come yeah, back. Like, that's crazy. So now it got to a point where I was like, no, man, let me, let me keep my name out there and also showcase the skills because there was a popping scene, like a battle league called Scrambles for Money, mm. which had like some of the most amazing battle rappers at yeah, that I time. Yeah, I know. I have know. people that I was standing over because the lyricism was mm. on par. I had to watch some of your videos because mm. I'm like, if I want to be profiling you, I want to know that I'm talking to somebody <laughs> who knows what they're doing. <laughs> and you've got, you've got some really good, like yeah. your metaphoric work, mm on its own is amazing. So Thank maybe you. with each battle, like mm. maybe your highlights battle, mm. your last one or your first one or mm. the one that you feel was your greatest, how did you work towards setting that up? Like what what's your process when you're writing maybe towards a battle? Hey, I never really thought about it. It's just a lot of pressure. Mm. Uh, I actually like it when I'm supposed to lose the battle because then that means I've got something to prove. Mm. Sometimes because of how I I make it look easy when I'm standing in front of a person. I make it like look like there was no effort or thought put into that, but there's actually like a lot. Mm-hmm. So I don't really try to complicate. Uh, there is a bit of complexity. Yeah. Uh, complexity is uh, within the writing, but they're not so much that you're going to feel like, uh, I don't understand what the hell he's talking about. So I would, 
at first I sit and, and try to get like a couple of um, ideas on how to approach you. Mm. And after a while, because they, they might be like, on my first battle, there was limited information on the opponent. Because you know, battle rap, that you have to get ignorant at times mm. and just say whatever the whatever. worst thing you can think about the person. <laughs> Some, let's just throw this person off. Yeah. So you can have an upper hand. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you, I just think of, okay, cool. What can I say about him? Like, I think the first one I did on Scrambles was uh, on the Draft League event. It never came out. It was against this white boy uh, called a Psychoanalyst. And he was buff and whatnot. So I had an angle about him liking rugby and whatnot, like England things yeah, well, like I, that I knew people would relate to because we're battling in Soweto. Mm. So I always look at what's going to get the crowd to react, uh, what can I find uh, out about the opponent and use against him. Yeah. Uh, but I, my favorite one has to be uh, the two-on-two, like with a friend of mine, Lori. Mm. Uh, that was the last one I did. Yeah, because I think at that it's the point, the last one I, I watched it last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like within the two and two, because I've always wanted to do a two and two with him. Yeah, and they offered me the match, and I was like, "Come on, we gotta do it." It was crazy that leading to that battle, there were so many hiccups. Mm. Uh, even when we got there, I spent the whole day sick and uh, battle day. Prior to that, he had chancels the whole time, and I'm, he's looking at me like, I don't want to oh. let you down and not go to the battle. <laughs> what the are we going to do? Yeah. When I get there, I'm, I'm having the same problem. Like, we spent, like, the whole day sleeping at a friend's house. Like, I was sleeping. They were going around doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. But I like the process because we wrote... We were so... I don't know if we were arrogant or overconfident to the point that we're like, Nah, man, let's not kill them too much. Let's tone it down. And we actually swapped and left out some of the angles and materials because uh, we knew we could plug in and, and, and ignite the room. Mm. So after a while, between the first one and the last one, I knew what they liked. Uh, with, the first, with the first two, actually, mm. the first two battles I did was I didn't know what people actually would go for because yeah. I'm not the typical like violent um, gun bar type of thing. I might have like some slick, uh, I'll kill you type of thing, but it has to be believable because it's me. Like, I'm yeah, not, you ha- you, your demeanor has to go with your, with your yeah, words and yeah. your lyrics as you, well. You're not really going to see, uh, you're not really going to believe it if I say I'm going to come and shoot you type of thing. Mm. But if I say like some crazy thing that has to do with hurting you, uh, if it's believable enough, that we're like, I don't know. The crowd will buy it. You yeah. get your reaction, you get yeah. your points. You might even win the round. Yeah. At least I know where to start now when I have to battle rap you in the future because that's probably <laughs> going to happen. Ah, yeah, yeah. You'd have to get like a lot of personals just to throw me off. It's fine. I think, um, I think I've got a lot of sources and, you know, I think I'll be good. No. Thanks, though, for your advices. I really appreciate well, okay. it. Okay. <laughs> but, man, you've got so many accolades. There's a lot mm-hmm. of things you've done. You've been busy for 15 years. Do you realize that? I didn't realize it was that long. 15. Bro, you're making me like I old, counted. old. No, I, I did my I homework. Like yeah. I counted the years like that you've years? been busy. It's been 15 to date. Sheesh. 15 years. And with all these accolades, mm. I'm sure aspiring entertainment moguls also want to know, you know, mm. what fills your cup when you're running on empty? Um, what's your take? What inspires you? Like, just take us through your... When you're having uh, a bad day, when you wake up and you say, actually, I don't know 
how I'm going to create or how I'm going to continue my creation process. Um, what do you do? Like, what processes and steps do you take? Yeah, okay. I have no idea, yes. Uh, for the most part, okay, I, I, I gave an example, like, earlier. Uh, I was doing, like, a little something prior to this project starting. Mm -hmm. And I would wake up so tired and go to sleep tired every day. Uh, now that we commenced with this, I wake up tired and I go to sleep tired, but it's a different sort of tired mm -hmm. because I'm working to something that ignites me. Mm. Uh, I can still be like tired when I get home and be like, oh, okay, we haven't finished this off. Let me mm -hmm. let me take care of this. Mm -hmm. Then I wake up in the morning and I do something like about that. So when I'm working on things that like uh, light me up, I don't really feel the load as much. You know? And uh, so... It's, it's always like work. I always, I forgot who I was talking to, but we're talking about, I might be enjoying the journey more than the destination because we keep shifting the goalpost. Mm -hmm. That's how you keep mm -hmm. going in life. Like whenever, uh, once upon a time, I used to dream about just recording a song. Yeah. That was the biggest thing I could do. When I recorded a song, I got excited for that day. Then I was like, mm, what's next? Mm. Then like, I did the next thing. I was like, yo, let me get on the biggest league in Africa and battle. We did that. And I'm like, hmm, that's done. What's next? Mm. And we're like, so every time I reach like the, 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 the milestone, I'm like, let me move and find another, uh, another thing. Let me see what I can do to sort of like uh, ignite the fire. I do like various things. Um, yeah. You found the pot of gold because you know exactly what type of nutrients, fruits, water, juice your mm. inner child needs, mm. and you feed that. And mm. as long as you're feeding your inner child, you'll always be on the right track. Yeah, that's actually amazing that you should put it like that. Okay, maybe not amazing, but it's actually. Cool. I mean, amazing is the right <laughs> word. But. Uh, because, like, you know what they say about like that whole uh, a creative is a child that never grew up, yes. that type of thing, and. I was actually thinking about it the other day that there was, I think when I was in grade five, I had one rhyme. Like, um, I had one rap, I'd rap, uh, and people were amazed. It was sort of like uh, dissing someone, you know, like, um, but in a fine what way. What grade was this? I'm sorry. Grade five. <laughs> and whenever I'd be like, I'm about to leave and, uh, school, a bunch of kids would surround the car and be like, no, he, he must rhyme before yeah. he leaves. And my That's parents would, home. Yeah, my parents would be like, no, get out and rhyme for them. And they mm. didn't even understand what I was doing. <laughs> so after a while, um, I was like, that little thing, I, I grew up and I'm still doing that. I was like, I might not be where I want to be, but I'm getting there because it's, um, it's steps that I'm taking that light me up like where... I'm fulfilled. For the most part, I'm fulfilled. Yeah. They always say, find what you love and let it kill you. So even how you were saying, after a long day, you still find time and energy to, oh, I haven't finished this. Let me try to do that. It's mm. because you're doing something that you love and that you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, so that's your advice, I'm guessing. Do what you love. Let it kill you. Find what you love 
a lyric. Hey man, I'm not sure about dying, but <laughs> 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 I'm, not, I'm not sure about getting killed. You keep it. Hey, I was like, let me keep quiet, but you keep on like insisting, let it kill you. No, 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 no. no. Okay, not but, like that. Not like that. Okay, but what what what's that thing like? Let's say when you do what you love, you don't feel like you've ever worked a day yeah, in your life. You'll never work a day ever. in your life. So that that's where I'm trying to go with this, like. Because uh, my favorite thing is sort of like, yo, uh, Bianca is amazing when she's hosting and she's talking. Like, uh, let's it's see true, how far can she take this thing. Yeah, but like, if even if Bianca doesn't need cause like tomorrow, yeah. uh, for me, I'm fulfilled because that was the objective mm. to sort of like see um, what direction you can go, like how far you can take your own thing. Uh, and I'm just a part of your story. Like, I'm a small part, like a, a fraction, if you may. I think it's beautiful that with your own art and passion, you are creating opportunities for others to also express themselves and grow. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where your success lies, in the fact mm -hmm. that you serve others more than you serve yourself, even though you're doing something that is coming from your inner self mm. that's very beautiful and you should be very proud of that mm. by the way um in case anybody hasn't told you that recently mm. you're doing a great job like Thank you're doing you. good and um this brings me to my actually last and final question and i think this was my most controversial question remember mm. i said i'm not going to put you in a hot seat or anything okay. and i say controversial but it's not because it's me mm. Um, would you say there are ingredients to success? And if yes, what are your personal ingredients? If no, why? There certainly has uh, to be a formula. It might be different for every individual, but uh, it consists of one thing, starting. You just got to do something. You cannot yeah. really just sit there and expect to be successful at nothing. At something without doing nothing. That's true. So I feel like that's the main ingredient, starting to do whatever you want to succeed in. Then, like, uh, the more you nurture it and whatnot, you learn, like, every day. Like, I, I know that uh, we're just starting here, too. Mm -hmm. And we there are certain things that we haven't figured out will get better, but you will see the difference between the first episode and the 10th episode. Because there's a start. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, because you, you learn as you go, and that's how I feel about that. Like, uh, yeah. Very well answered. I think you knew I was going to ask you that, but we'll just pretend like you didn't. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and for joining us today. This has been really fun my first ever show i think you guys will agree that i did a great job <laughs> shout out hi mom <laughs> um please follow kus on all his socials you can find him at kus diverse that at k-u-s-s diverse if you don't know how to spell diverse hit me up on dm you can find me on it bira underscore b-i-e on instagram i am no longer on facebook because i am cultured but thank you oh, kus for okay. <laughs> Amen. No, I'm playing, guys. I love y'all. Thank you for coming today. Thank you so much for joining us. We have had the time of our lives, and this has been the first episode of Moments in Time. Once again, I'm your host, Bianca Bina Bitter B, or Bianca Tele Flatella Hennessy. Remember to say the whole thing, so I and we'll join you next time, because we're going to be on that tip. It's a Friday. <laughs> what are you doing today? It's I, Friday. I'm going home. 
I mean, me too, but you know, we could have made it sound oh, okay. more no, interesting. Man. Uh, okay, maybe we can bloop this part. What are you doing today? It's Friday, you know, what are you doing? I don't doing? know what people do on Fridays. Isn't it like any other day? We tried, guys. We tried to make okay. him sound cooler than he is, but uh, it's just, we'll try next time. Yeah. yeah we'll try time. in a year, and then we'll come back and we'll maybe what? have a shot here or something. I don't know. We'll decide. <laughs> You'll see. Yeah. But thanks for joining us, and enjoy the rest of your day. Just on the